because you are the Thank you, Almighty Father, because you never leave us stranded. Thank you, O God, because you always send us the resources that we need, Lord, the resources of understanding, the resources of virtue, Lord, the resources of wisdom, the resources of clarity, Lord, the resources in the spirit and in the physical, Lord. You never leave us without help. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for being our Ebenezer, our ever-present help in time of need. Even when we have no needs, you are there ready and willing to help us. Almighty Father, we say thank you. We thank you for Father, for thus far bringing us, Lord, in this journey, Lord, where you have been teaching us about power, you have been opening our eyes and giving us clarity, O oh God. Oh, there is no way we would have arrived here by our strength. There's no way we would have arrived here by our There's no way we would have right here by our authority but oh god you have kept us and you have helped us thank you father because we are the ones lord that are helped by you thank you jesus for always sending us help thank you for always sending us a lifeline even times when it seems like we are pressed down on every side lord you never forget about us you never leave us without a witness. You never leave us without a testimony. You never leave us, oh God, without a blessing. Father, you are good and you are gracious and you are kind. You are merciful, oh God, and we say thank you. Thank you for always remembering us. Thank you because you have kept us as the apple of your eyes. Thank you, Father, because we are always your focus, Lord. Father, we thank you for always being there for us, for always coming through for us. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you because even in the times, Lord, that we haven't seen or known, Lord, you have walked behind the scenes to make sure that we are okay, to make sure that we are blessed, to make sure that we lack nothing for giving us your word that is complete, oh God. We thank you because your word tells us that you have given us all things that pertain to life and godliness. Father, we give you praise this morning. We lift up our voices and we say thank you. Indeed, we are not unmindful, oh God, of all the help that you have given us, Lord. If we took the time to sit down and count our blessings, Lord, it would be too much for us to number. Lord, we thank you. We give you praise, O God. Who are we that you are mindful of us? Father, in all our frailties, Lord, you still consider us. Thank you, Father, for even choosing us, for choosing us, for choosing to make us, choosing to create us, choosing, Lord, to mark us and call us out as your people, choosing to adopt us into sonship. Father, we thank you. We thank you for sending Christ to help us, to help us attain salvation. And even now that we are saved, you are constantly working out salvation in us. You are constantly helping us reach higher places. You are constantly helping us journey with you, oh God. Father, we say thank you. We give you praise. Thank you for revelation, oh God, that we have received on this altar. Thank you, Father, for the prayers that we have been praying. We thank you, Lord, because even from your graciousness, Lord, you help us, Lord, even when you hear us. Thank you, Father, for even taking the time to sit with us, to commune with us, to fellowship with us, to hear us, to, 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 to be a part of this gathering, Lord. Every time we come together, every morning, Lord, you show up for us. You bless us with your presence. Thank you for the pleasures. Thank you for the riches. Thank you for the testimonies. Lord, we can't say thank you enough. Thank you, Father. We give you praise. We thank you for your faithfulness. Thank you, Father, for causing us to come back again, for you keep giving us more. The more we hear, the more we receive, the more we want you, Lord Jesus. Thank you for even placing that hunger and that desire and that thirst in us, Lord. Father, we give you praise. Blessed be your holy name, Abba. For in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Good morning, everyone. Um, my name is Pastor Stephanie, and um, it is good to join you this morning on Prayer Rain. Um, God bless you all. Thank you for joining. It's been um, Today is the sixth day. It's been five days and now sixth day of um, powerful teachings. Good morning, PI. <laughs> um, powerful teachings and um, revelation. I was making a joke the other day and I was telling PI and I said, honestly, I don't know if we'll call it prayer in again. Maybe we'll just call it revelation altar because um, it's like, you know, the nice to see you. Thank you. Okay. <laughs> it's like the, um, you know, the, the, 
the quality of the word of God that is released over us every morning when we come here, it's, you know, it's just been mind blowing and it's been transformational. And this season in particular, where we've been looking at power and just learning about power, you know, it's just been um, so um, transformational and it's been such a blessing and you know from the testimonies that we've been receiving in our emails and even on Instagram I can see we can tell that you know the Lord is really doing something in us and we are going to keep riding this train of power we are going to keep riding this train until we arrive at the place that God wants us to get to in Jesus name amen so um, this morning I'm going to be sharing with us and Please, if you should help me focus on the message, all these compliments. Thank you. God bless you. Please, let's lift our Bibles. <laughs> so we're going to be sharing um, on something that the Lord put in my heart. Um, just two days ago, I woke up in the morning and what I heard was, without faith, it's impossible to please God. You know, and I'm like, okay, I know that scripture. You know, um, I thought I knew it. And the Lord started to, first of all, try <laughs> And the Lord started to um, give me context as faith relates to power. So this morning, what I will attempt to do by the grace of God um, and by the leading of the Holy Spirit is just invite us to this, I will call it a Bible study, where I'm going to be sharing some of the things that the Lord has placed in my heart. Um, And so Holy Spirit, I just give this session to you. I ask that you who has placed this message in my heart, you are the originator of this message. You are the writer of this message. You are the one that even has this message. I pray that you will write upon the words that are spoken here this and you will reveal truth to each and everyone listening in the mighty name of Jesus. I pray that you will bring clarity, you will bring understanding, you will bring revelation to every ear, to every heart, to every eye that is um, logged in right now and that is watching and is listening. I pray that in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, you will cause us to arrive at the place that you want us to arrive at in the name of Jesus. You will carry us through this session and and you will establish the will of God in our hearts and in our lives in Jesus name. Amen. So very quickly, I'm just going to ask a question and um, please feel free to type the answer in the chats. So we've been praying for six days now, you know, and um, imagine if tomorrow we received, or maybe tonight we received a message on the WhatsApp group and it's one of those many messages that either me or you know one of the members of admin is sending and they say oh join us tomorrow for a special power packed prayer ring meeting and we have a guest uh, we have a guest minister of um, the um, the person of Jesus Christ and Jesus is going to be teaching us tomorrow he's going to be making an appearance tomorrow and he's going to be granting us our heart's desire so come with your expectation tomorrow Based on everything you've been hearing about power, you hear that Jesus is the one that is coming to sit down with us tomorrow. My question to you is, what will your expectation be? You know, what what will your expectation be? Think about it. Jesus said, with all these power, power teachings you've been hearing, tell me one thing. Jesus says, tell me one thing that you want me to give to you as I'm coming tomorrow. So everyone is writing their lists. We will not sleep or uh, we won't sleep. So please, I want you to write what it is you will ask Jesus. You will ask him for the one thing. For some people, it may be a powerful credit alert. For some, it may be a powerfully handsome boo. Amen. For some, it may be a powerful job. You know, for some, it may just be a powerful business idea, a powerful proposal, a powerful um, maybe relocation um, request that is being answered. You know, um, what is that one thing that you, someone said everything, my dear, I hear you. You know, so if Jesus says, I'm coming tomorrow and I want to give you one thing, what will you ask him for? With context to power, everything we have been hearing. And it's interesting that how the Lord took me on this journey of faith, I didn't even see it coming. So I'll start by just doing a quick recap on what we've covered so far. Actually, I'll take it from Kratos. 
So we understand from the teachings of yesterday um, that Kratos um, speaks of um, demonstrative and eruptive power. It is the nature of the supernatural, um, the ability to do things that are extraordinary. Okay, I'm seeing all the comments. People are saying understanding. Some are saying they will ask for everything. You know, um, just keep your answers flowing. So the Lord started to talk to me about faith and how we relate to power. Um, the Bible tells us that faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. And like I said, the scripture I was hearing is that without faith, it is impossible to please God. So what does it mean to please God? It was very interesting when Pastor Isi was teaching yesterday and she talked about pleasure, you know, and she said, um, she, um, it's that scripture in Ephesians is one of our anchor scriptures for this season. Ephesians chapter one from verse 18. It's in 19. Um, the Bible talks about um, knowing what the immeasurable and unlimited and surpassing greatness of his power is in us who believe. These are in accordance with the working of his, his mighty strength, which he produced in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his own right hand in heavenly places. And understanding that the right hand speaks of the power, the authority, um, the rule, the counsel, the government of the king. So the Bible is telling us that at the right hand of God, there are pleasures. And that was where Jesus Christ was elevated to when he rose from the, from the grave, when he resurrected. That was... Um, he, he became, I would say, the king's hand. He was seated at the right hand where there are pleasures. So understanding that when God talks about pleasures, like P.I. Um, um, mentioned yesterday, it's not the pleasure of the flesh of, oh, I'm just going to go on vacation and live the soft life. That's pleasurable and that's fantastic and we, we must all do it, you know, but that's not how God sees pleasure. Um, those things are good and he makes them available for us. But the when, when, when God is talking about pleasure, he's talking about power. He's talking about authority. So the things of pleasure to God are things that must show that we are wielding and carrying um, the power that God has placed in us. We are carrying the authority of God. We are receiving and exercising and expressing the delegated authority that God has given to us. So for example, in the Bible, um, classic example of someone that's rather scriptural example of someone that was the right hand of the king is Joseph. We see how Joseph was literally at the right hand of the king, you know, and, and the king delegated all the authority to him to act in the power of the king. So he said, you are the, like he was the prime minister, but you're the one that is pretty much running the country. I'm only there for, um, uh, for recognition, but you are administrating. When we also talk about power, like we learned yesterday, the seven spirits of God, um, those are the expressions of the spirits that administrates the power of God. So we can say that when a man is walking in the seven spirits of God, when he's walking in, in, in that measure of the, of the Holy Spirit, he is walking in the pleasure of God. He is exercising the pleasure of God. He is experiencing the pleasure of God. The pleasure of God is being released over him because he is exercising the delegated power and authority that God has Praise God. I hope you're still with me. So it means that to do his good pleasure, the Bible tells us that it is him that walketh it in us to will and to do his pleasure. That's the nature of the fallen man or the nature of the man of sin or the nature of the carnal man is not inclined to even know the will of God. So the carnal man cannot even begin to make that prayer and say, Father, I want to go and do your good pleasure. So it's totally out of context for him because it's, it, it cannot be worked in him because he does not, he has not imbibed the nature of the character of God. Sorry, there's some noise in the background. Admin, please help me. So that means that the nature of the fallen man, like I said, doesn't have the ability to know um, the will of God and not to even mention to know the pleasures or know the path to pleasing God. So the man that walks in pleasure is the man that is in full alignment and full obedience to God. And we see that in the life of Jesus because he obeyed. He obeyed even to the cross and he, 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 he took the shame, he took the pain, he carried the sins of the world in obedience to the will of God. And we see now that he's seated at the right hand of pleasure. So I just you know, wanted to share that to give us context. So um, um, imagine for a moment that these people that we hear about in scripture, just imagine that they did not obey God. 
imagine that they didn't even know the will of God. And now we are talking about obedience because they are men of the spirits, men and women of the spirits. Imagine if they didn't know God, it wouldn't have been possible for them to please God. It wouldn't have been possible for them to know the will of God or to even be able to do it. And so I'm going to read the next scripture, which is um, it's a lengthy scripture, but I want to invite us um, to open our Bibles to Hebrews chapter 11. And I'm going to read the whole thing, but in between, I'm just going to break and then we'll pray. Praise God. I hope you're still with me. Please wave if you're still there. Yes, ma. Oh, thank you. All right. So um, Hebrews chapter 11. The Bible says, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. For by it the elders obtained a good report. Through faith, we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God, so that things which were not made of things to appear. By faith, Abel offered unto God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain, by which he obtained witness that he was righteous. God testifying of his gifts, and by it he being dead yet speaketh. By faith, Enoch was translated that he should not see death and was not found because God had translated him for before his translation, he had this testimony that he pleased God. But without faith, it is impossible to please him for he that cometh to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. By faith, Noah being warned of God of things not seen, not seen as yet, moved with fear. I believe that is the fear of the Lord prepared an act to the saving of his house by which he condemned the world and became heir of the righteousness, which is by faith. This particular verse that talks about by his faith, he condemned a culture by faith. He condemned um, um, a generation just by his response to God. That shows us that the things in the spirit and the thing, the way things are calculated or the way things are summed up or the way things are added up in the spirit is very different from how we add things up in the, in the physical or in the flesh, because you would think that to condemn a person is by when you speak it. But this person, the Bible says by faith, by his actions, he condemned a generation. So imagine what his inaction would have done. Only God knows what that would have caused for his own generation, because it was by reason of his obedience that he was able to um, receive the will of God. And then he generated the might and the power um, to do the counsel of God. By faith, Noah being warned of God. Okay, I just read that. By faith, Abraham, when he was called to go out into a place which he should after receive for an inheritance, obeyed, and he went out not knowing whither he went. By faith, he sojourned in the land of promise as in a strange country, dwelling in tabernacles with Isaac and Jacob, the heirs with him of, of the same promise. Um, for he looked for a city which had foundations whose builder and maker is God. It's very interesting because Abraham was not poor and Abraham was not broke. So it, I'm sure it did not make sense to, um, to the physical eyes why he was doing the things that he did. But this was a man that had faith and he had, he had conviction. He knew what he had seen. And, you know, it's very interesting. We hear this often. Once you see something, you cannot unsee it. Once you have come to the knowledge of something, it cannot be taken away from you. And that's why many times the enemy tries to come in um, when he sees that he cannot necessarily cause you to backslide in the way that you will see it. He would now start to launch attacks on your faith on your beliefs, on your conviction. Those are the places where the enemy tries to, will I say, cripple the legs of the believer so that you are not able to journey past where you are, so that you will plateau and remain in a place that you are not able to grow, you are not able to stretch. It's like you just remain there. You are not growing. You've entered salvation, but it's not being worked out. So now in this season where we are talking about power, it's very interesting because we will arrive there. We'll arrive at the part where we see that it is not just enough to even say, oh, I have faith. Many of us have the faith, the faith that saved us. But after that faith, what are you doing with it? Many of us have become complacent and we have sat in the place of 
okay, I've given my life to Christ. If the trumpet blows now, I've, been, I've done the bare minimum. You know, people have just given their lives to Christ just so that they can make it to heaven. But here we're saying that there is so much more than that. Fantastic, have the faith of a mustard seed. But then after that, is there more? And we cannot be talking about power and wanting to wield this power when we are not doing anything to add to that which God has given us. Where I'm going to arrive at at the end of this teaching is to see that what Paul was saying to, um, to, to his followers, what he said to the church, he said to them, add to your faith. He was telling them, add to your faith. He started by addressing that letter and he said to them, I'm talking to you who already has faith. And it is by reason of the faith that you have that I'm even bringing this message to you. So that message was not for unbelievers. And he told them, and he also spoke about power in that scripture. Now, after he spoke about power, then he told them, this is what you must do so that that which you already have will not be taken away from you. If we go through the whole of this Hebrews 11 and we come through it, we are talking about the mighty acts and the works that these people did. And from the teachings that we've received this week on power, we see that um, works are a product of power. So you cannot have power and generate power and not use it for anything. It's a Your works are a product of the power that you have. But before you can go from power to works, what is the, what is the bridge that holds it together? It is faith. It is faith. And the Bible tells us, like I said, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So in this season where we are praying and we are crying out to God for power and we are asking God for power and we are, you know, receiving all this revelation about power, what you should be asking yourself is, where is this power actually? The Bible tells us that he, we are seated with Christ Jesus far above principalities and power, meaning that the authority Jesus has we already have it, but we think we know that. But do we really know that? Because if we have that power, what is going on? Why are we not seeing our lives changing? Why are we not seeing our nations being transformed? Why are we not seeing our families changing? Why are we not seeing curses being broken and people being liberated? Why don't we even have the boldness to talk to the person that we see on the street and preach Christ? What is going on? The problem is we are not adding to our faith. We are not adding to our faith. We've gotten satisfied, we've become complacent. We've looked around like that rich fool and we've said, oh, I have enough here. I have enough there. Okay, I'm covered. I'm not drinking or smoking. I'm doing okay in this area and I'm doing okay in that area. Therefore, my salvation is okay. But the Bible is telling us that's not how you journey with God. That's not how you can get to the point where you are wielding the power that is inside of you. You have to reach in and add to that which you already have. Praise God. Therefore, through faith, also Sarah herself received strength. So you see, it was through faith she received the strength. It is faith that gives you the ability to draw that power that is inside of you. It is faith that gives you the ability to take that energy, that strength, that power that God has placed inside of you. It is through faith. So will I say now that faith is, is, the, is the key that unlocks the power? Actually, faith is the key that unlocks the power. It's like the ladder that allows you to climb deep into your soul, deep into your spirit man and tap into the resources that have already been released over you. It is faith that unlocks the door. That's why the Bible tells us that without faith, it is impossible to please God. And you see, pleasing God, the pleasures of God, his right hand, power, pleasure, faith, the pleasures of God, not pleasure in the context of man, not pleasure in the context of flesh, not pleasure in the context of what the world calls pleasure, but pleasure in the context of sonship, faith, pleasure, power. You cannot separate these three entities. They go hand in hand. For us to be able to do these powerful things, we must do it by faith, by faith. I pray over everyone listening, under the sound of my voice this morning, in the name of Jesus, 
take up your bed and walk. For those that have been sitting down for far too long, for those that have been playing small, for those that have believed and subscribed to the lies of the enemy, for those that have been receiving the daily news from the kingdom of darkness, for those that have allowed the dictates of this world and the trends of this world to dictate and to, and to speak things over their lives and have stayed in the miry clay for so long. In the name of Jesus, take up your bed and walk. I pray that the Lord will strengthen you as you hear these words of faith. The seeds of faith will begin to start planting themselves in your heart, in your life, in your soul, and in your spirit. You will receive energy. You will receive strength. Just the way Sarah received the strength, she generated the power. The Bible calls that strength the tsunami's power. She saw that power, her ability that she had, but she had not used. I pray that in the name of Jesus, that these words that are spoken over you, indeed, the words of the spirit. They will be spirit and life unto you. They will give you life to the areas that you have been dead, the areas that you have settled, the areas that you have plateaued, the areas where you have not gone any further, the areas where you have been stagnant. In the name of the spirit of faith over your people this morning. In the name of Oh God, Father, you will cause faith to rise up in them. Oh, Makeda Basuta. One of us, Lord. Father, we will not remain the same. We will shift in the name of Jesus. By faith, we by faith we shall advance. By faith, by faith, we will journey past, Lord. Is Lord. The small places where we have been, Father, we are breaking through this morning by faith. By faith. By faith, oh God, we are walking into the fullness of your power and your pleasures for us. In the name of Jesus, everything that Christ has preserved for us, by faith this morning, we begin to lay hold. In the name of Jesus, we begin to lay hold. Our Father, we have been blind for too long. Our eyes, the eyes of our understanding are being enlightened right now. By faith, in the name of Jesus. By faith, by faith, by faith, Father, we lay hold. We lay hold, Lord. We take charge. We take full authority, Father, by faith, in the name of Jesus. In Jesus' name we pray. <clears throat> Amen. Verse 13. These all died in faith, not having received the promises, but having seen them afar off and were persuaded of them and embraced them and confessed that they were strangers and pilgrims on earth. For they that say such things declare plainly that they seek a country. And truly, if they had been mindful of that country from whence they came out, they might have had opportunity to have returned. But now they desire a better country that is an heavenly. Wherefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he had prepared them for a city. While I was reading this scripture, the word that kept buzzing in my heart is conviction. I remember it was one of the things I, I, had, to, I had to learn when in the last, I would say five years, um, it was one of the things that I didn't have. I didn't have conviction. I remember at times that the, the time I had just met PI and you know, um, there are certain things I would go and say to her, you know, I'm there being agitated, explaining something, talking about this issue, talking, and you know, she'll just look at me and she'll say, in simple words, I can say maybe hundred words and she'll look at me and she'll say, Stephanie, you don't have conviction. I'm like, ah, ah, can she not hear what I'm saying? I'm complaining about this, complaining about that. She said, you don't have conviction. I didn't understand this until I started to understand what it meant. Conviction is something that they cannot take away from you. If you even look at the, um, the, the way the world describes conviction. Conviction is, um, it, it relates to a sentence that is given by the jury over a person for most times a criminal offense, right? Um, so um, a convict is a person that has been sentenced to a life, to, a, to an imprisonment, you know, to some time that he's going to spend whether in jail or wherever, um, because of whatever crime or whatever choices the person has made. Now, to if you take it into um, um, our lives as believers, what it means to be convicted, it means that you have chosen 
you have made your choice. You have chosen a life. You have chosen a stance based on the leading and the revelation of the Holy Spirit. The Hebrew boys were convicted people. In fact, they said to the king boldly, they said, we are not careful to answer you in this matter. And they said that God is able to save us. And even if he doesn't, so what they were saying to him is, we are already dead because we are convicted people. The, 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 the conviction has already been placed upon us. Like we are already dead to whatever you are saying and dead to this world. Our minds are already sealed in the knowledge of the truth. This is what we were talking about yesterday, the irreversible knowledge of God. You have to become a convict. You have to become convicted to the irreversible knowledge of God. When you know him to that point, nothing can shake you at your foundations. Nothing can shake you at your feet. You are standing fully. You are standing strong. You are rooted. You are grounded in the knowledge of him. That was it. That was what, what, what made these men in Hebrews 11 stand out. The Bible is saying that they were looking for a country. Who told them there was a country? Who told them? Who revealed it to them? It wasn't even in the time that the Holy Spirit was available to men as the Holy Spirit is available to us now. So what was it that they saw that made them stand and go against the grain? They were dead to the world. They were dead to the things of this world because they had conviction. There I say that the thing that is missing in our generation today is lack of conviction. A lot of people don't have conviction and I can identify it because I was a victim of lack of conviction. So when I see it, I know it. Just by the nature of the conversations that are being had, you can tell that people are easily tossed aside by winds of doctrine. You can tell that people are not rooted or grounded. People do not, people are double-minded and you see this issue of double-mindedness. If we decide to take kids, we will get back to the Garden of Eden and the trees, the two trees, the tree of life and the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. This morning, I pray over everyone under the sound of my voice. Father, for those that have lost conviction, for those that don't even know what it means to be convicted. Spirit of the living God, this is your department. I pray that you will breathe life over every person, every, over every soul, over every life in the mighty name of Jesus. Brood over our hearts. Convict us with your truth. Convict us with the picture of heaven. Convict us with the picture of the throne of God. Convict us with the reality of who God is. Convict us with the reality of Christ Jesus and the salvation and the blood and everything that he purchased for us. Convict us with the knowledge of it. Let our knowledge of God become irreversible by the picture of conviction that you replace before us in the mighty name of Jesus, spirit of the living God centers us to a life of faith. That was the prayer I heard myself making this morning. I said, God sentenced me to a life of faith. Let me be dead to anything else, anything that is not pleasing to you, oh God. Make me a convict. Let me use my full chest to declare that I am sold out. Let it not even be by my speakings, but let it be by my posture. Let it be by my obedience, just the way Noah obeyed. And by his obedience, there were repercussions. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray that you will convict me, oh God, and you will sentence me to a life of faith, a life of conviction. Father, so that I will not be shaken at my foundations, oh God. In my understanding, I will not be shaken. Lord, open my eyes to see. Let me see things that I have not seen, Father. Let me understand things that have been hard for me. In the name of Jesus, Father, by faith, bridge the gap, oh God, and transport me me from the place of unbelief, oh God, to a place of belief, to a place of sight, to a place of understanding in the name of Jesus. Father, I pray that you will even add to the conviction that I already have. In the places, Lord, that I am deficit, my God, I pray that you will add up for me in the spirit, in the name of, of Jesus. Everything that is required for me to be convicted by your word, by your light, by your truth, oh God, spirit of the living God, I invite you this morning, come and have your way and do your will. Do that which you alone can do. Conviction cannot be given by men. Conviction cannot be given by words. Conviction cannot be given by another man's revelation. Conviction is based 
fixed on as far as my eyes can see, oh God. Conviction is what the spies saw. It was what they saw. It was what they held on to. That was why they went back with that report. And here the Bible is telling us that by faith, they were convicted by faith. That was why the elders had a good report. My Lord and my God changed the report of my life in any area or aspect of my life, oh God, that does not speak a good report, that does not speak a goodly report, that does not speak a pleasurable, pleasurable report. Every time you open the report card of my life, Lord, anything that does not give you pleasure. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray that you will cause me to be convicted in areas that I need to so that I can make the required adjustments, Lord, to please you, to obey you and to walk in alignment with your will in the name of Jesus, in Jesus' name. Amen. Sentence me to a life of conviction. If that's the only prayer you take from this prayer call this morning, I think we have done okay. Praise God. By faith, Abraham, when he was tried, offered up Isaac, and he that had received the promises offered up his only begotten son. So here we see again posture, of whom it was said that in Isaac shall thy seed be called, accounting that God was able to raise. How did he know? How did he know that God was able to raise him? How was he able to do this mighty work of believing God? Where did he see it? How did he, trans who transported him to the foundations of the earth when the lamb was slain? How did he know that it, it was possible and it was obtainable in God? He did it and by his action, it proved that it was possible. You know, it proved that it was obtainable. And that was what, that that was what created the pathway for Christ to even come and mirror that which he had already um, um, mirrored from his revelation in God. By faith, Isaac blessed Jacob and Esau concerning things to come. By faith, Jacob, when he was dying, blessed both the sons of Joseph and worshipped, leaning upon the top of his staff. By faith, Joseph, when he died, made mention of the departing of the children of Israel and gave commandment concerning his bones. By faith, Moses, when he was born, was hid three months of his parents. See, because he saw he was a prop, they saw he was a proper child, and they were not afraid of the king's commandments. We keep seeing this happening. They are not afraid. This man that waited all these years, he was not afraid to kill his only son. He was convicted. The parents of Moses, the king had given a decree. They were as good as dead, but the Bible for, for disobeying the king, but the Bible tells us they were not afraid of the king's commandments because there was a commandment that their eyes had seen that was above the commandments of the kings of this world. By faith, Moses, when he had come to years, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season. I feel like. Actually, God said I should announce it on this call that by the time this season of prayers and power is done, people are going to pack their bags and relocate back to the places that they left, back to the systems that they left, back to the communities that they left. They are going to pack their bags and go back. Why? Conviction. The spirit of God is doing the work of conviction in the hearts of many people right now. The Lord said that in 30 days, if you will obey, you will see a manifestation of his power. If you will obey and align yourself. While I was preparing for this teaching, I kept hearing 30 days, 30 days. And the Lord said that he's bringing light even upon our nations. He kept showing me the nation of Nigeria. And he said that a certain light is coming upon Nigeria in 30 days. That eyes will see it and the ears that hear it will tingle. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for your word. We receive it, O oh God. And we pray. Press in by faith, Father. We will not stop pressing, Lord, until we see this prophecy, Lord, until we see this prophecy manifested in our day. In the mighty name of Jesus, the Lord is saying that for, for people that are listening now, he is equipping you with the counsel that you need to make those decisions, to do the hard things, to do the things you've been running away from, to do the things that you have thought that if you did it, people will call you foolish and people will call you stupid. The Lord is saying that he is causing you to be dead to this world because he's causing you to arise in conviction. The Lord is raising men and women of conviction on this call today. Men and women that can take the word of God for what it's worth and wield it, wield the authority and the power that is available in it. Father, we thank you for you are making us these people as we hear it, oh God. We thank you because the grace is being released over us this morning in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Are you still with me?
Praise God. Hallelujah. Amen. Choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season, esteeming the reproach of Christ greater riches than the treasures in Egypt, for he had respect unto the recompense of reward. By faith he forsook Egypt, not fearing the wrath of the king, for he endured as seeing him who is is invisible. Through faith he kept the Passover and sprinkling of blood, lest he that destroyed the firstborn should touch them. By faith they passed through the Red Sea as by dry land, which the Egyptians are saying to do were drowned. Were drowned. By faith the walls of Jericho fell down, for they were compassed about seven days. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you because by the time these seven days are done, walls of Jericho, everything that represents a wall of Jericho, a wall of reproach, a wall of hindrance, a wall of stagnation, our Father, we thank you because by the time these seven days are done, Father, we would have gone round, we would have marched round, Lord, these walls, Father, and they will fall in the name of Jesus. They will fall before you, the King of kings, the Lord of lords, the Lord of hosts, Lord. The walls will bow before you, O God, in the mighty name of Jesus. Father, by the end of these seven days, we will rejoice, O God, because our testimony will be that you you have given us the city. You have given us the keys, oh God, to the kingdoms of this world. You have given us the keys to the nations of this world. You have given us to the key, the keys to the industries of this world. In the mighty name of Jesus, Father, we thank you. You have given us the keys, oh God, to the economies of this world. We thank you, Father, in the name of Jesus. Amen. By faith, they passed through the Red Sea as by dry. Okay, I read that. And what, what shall I more say? For the time would fail me to talk of Gideon and of Barak and of Samson and of, of Jephthah, of David also and Samuel and of the prophets, who through faith subdued kingdoms, wrought righteousness, obtained promises, stopped the mouths of lions, quenched the violence of fire, escaped the edge of the sword, out of weakness were made strong, waxed valiant in fight, turned to flight the armies of the aliens. Are you people seeing Iskus, Kratos, Exusia, and Dunamis at work here, quenching the violence of fire? Who are you as a man to quench the violence of fire if the power of God is not residing in you? It says, escapes the edge of the sword, out of weakness we are made strong. Waxed valiant in fights, turned to flight the armies of the aliens. Women received their dead raised to life again, and others were tortured, not accepting deliverance, but they might obtain a better resurrection. Oh, Father, whatever it is that will give us temporary pleasure, oh God, but will stop us from arriving at destiny. Father, give us the conviction to resist it, oh God, in the name of Jesus. Father, our lusts and our cravings for the pleasures of this, of this world, Father, cause those cells to die, weaken those cells by the power of your spirit. By reason of this fasting, oh God, Father, let there be some cells that can never ever come back to life in our lives. In the mighty name of Jesus, Father, replace those lusts and hungers, oh God, but for for hungers for your for your truth for your light oh god for your intervention upon our lives in the name of jesus oh father help us help us ebenezer help us we hear these things oh god they seem high and lofty but this morning lord you are telling us that by faith it is possible and so father we believe it and we receive it this is our testimony in the name of jesus in the name of Jesus, it will be said concerning us, Lord, that we were men and women that did exploits for you, that did exploits for the kingdom by reason of our faith, by reason of our obedience to your will, by reason of our following after the leading of your spirit in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Others had trial of cruel mockings and scorchings, yea, moreover, of bonds and imprisonment, they were stoned, they were sown asunder, they were tempted, they were slain with the sword, they wandered about in sheepskin and goatskin, being destitute, afflicted, tormented, of whom the world was not worthy. They wandered in deserts and in mountains and in dens and caves of the earth. And these all, having obtained a good report through faith, received not the promise. Are you hearing? So it's possible that 
even after all is said and done, your life may end and you may not even physically receive the promise in your hands, but you have already received the promise by reason of your obedience and your diligence to the will and the leading of the Spirit. That is the true reward. Once you have received your promise from heaven, it is enough and it settles it. Indeed, Lord, cause the knowledge of you to be irreversible in our hearts. Father, do that work in us. Father, we are asking for your help to do that work in us, oh God, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. God, having provided some better thing for us that they without us should not be made perfect. May the Lord bless the reading of his word. Amen. Amen. And so... The scripture that ties this all together is um, it's in Luke chapter 17. The disciples listened to Jesus speaking in Luke 17. So let's just open to Luke chapter 17 and I'll just begin to close. I deliberately took my time to read this scripture because I didn't just want to quote one or two scriptures. I wanted the word of God to be released over all of us because faith comes by hearing the word of God. You may think that you've heard these scriptures before, but you are hearing it again and faith is being stirred up in you. As the word has been released, I pray that the work that the word does will not be irreversible. It will not be reversed in the mighty name of Jesus. It will not be reversed rather it will not be taken away from us in the mighty name of Jesus amen so let's open to very quickly um, let's open to Luke chapter 17 so the part that stood out is verse 5 Jesus had been talking to them from verse 16. In fact, longer than that. You see, if you have one of those Bibles that puts the words of Jesus in red, you see a lot of red was splashed around. Jesus was giving them, you know, telling them, giving them left, right, and center. The way he has been giving us revelation now about power, Iskus and Kratos, where all of us were, were falling under anointing because of Iskus and Kratos. But interestingly, Look at what happened in verse five of chapter 17 of the book of Luke. After Jesus had told them, okay, I'll read from verse one to four. Then he said unto the disciples, it is impossible, but that offenses will come. But woe unto him through whom they come. It were better for him that a mile, that a millstone were hanged about his neck and he cast into the sea than he should offend one of these little ones. Take heed to yourselves. If thy brother trespass against thee, rebuke him. And if he repents, forgive him. And if he trespasses against thee seven times in a day, and seven times in a day turn again to thee, saying, I repent, thou shalt forgive him. What Jesus was saying to them, they looked at themselves, they're just like, how shall these things be? Like, it's not even, like, it's not possible. Do you understand? Like, if I look at the frailty of my flesh, how? You're telling me, like, Jesus was telling them, things and their minds could not be wrapped around it but what did they say to him in verse 5 they said the bible says and the apostles said unto the lord increase our faith so we started this session and i had asked if jesus comes tomorrow and he should ask you based on everything you have been hearing what will your response be if he says tell me one thing that you want me to give you what will you say to him very mm -hmm. simple disciples said to him the apostles said to him increase our faith because I can't keep hearing these things and there's no there's no connection between what I am hearing and this person that is here so I need my faith to increase so that I can lay hold of the things that you are speaking about and so father in the name of Jesus we pray this morning and we ask oh God that you would increase our faith oh God we ask father for an increase of faith I want you to pray for yourself this morning pray and ask that the Lord will cause your faith to be increased pray that the Lord will increase your faith he will take you beyond and stretch your faith beyond the boundaries that have been placed around it in the mighty name of Jesus pray you 
You can unmute your mics and make that prayer right now. you will cause our feet to be challenged this morning. You will cause our feet to have mouths and to have lips and our feet will begin to ask and cry for more. In the name of Jesus, you will cause our feet to be elastic and malleable enough to be to be used by you, to be stretched beyond where it has been. In the mighty name of Jesus, Father, we pray that you will add to our faith this morning because the things, the words that we hear, oh God, there is no way we can come to the fullness of it, Lord, without your help, without an increase of faith. And so, Father, we pray that you will add to our faith, Lord, in the name of Jesus. Amen. I will end here in Second Peter chapter 1. Simon Peter, a born servant and apostle of Jesus Christ, to those who have received and possessed a precious faith of the same kind as ours, by the righteousness of our God and Savior Jesus Christ. Praise Please mute your mics. In the true knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord, for his divine power has bestowed on us everything necessary for a dynamic spiritual life and godliness. So we are seeing power again. It says his divine power has been bestowed upon us for everything necessary. We already see this power that we are praying for is already inside us. He has already released it to us. Through truth and personal knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and excellence. For by this, he has bestowed on us his precious and magnificent promises of inexpressible value. So that by them, you may escape from the, immort from the immoral freedom that is in the world because of disreputable desire. So here we are seeing the pleasures of this world again. He's saying that by reason of your knowledge of who he is and the knowledge of the power that he has given you, the pleasures of this world will become nothing to you and become sharers of the divine nature. So now Paul says in verse five, for this very reason, for the re reason that you now know that you have this power, you have everything that you need. He said, for this very reason, applying your diligence to divine promises, make every effort in exercising your faith to develop moral excellence, in moral excellence, knowledge, and in your knowledge, self-control, and in your self-control, steadfastness, and in your steadfastness, godliness, and in your godliness, brotherly affection, and in your brotherly affection, develop Christian love, that is, learn to unselfishly seek the best for others and to do things for their benefits. So it may be starting with power, we are just starting off. We're just scratching the surface. We're just seeing the things that we already have. Now God is telling us these are the things you need to go and get and add to yourself. He said, for as these qualities are yours and are increasing in you as you grow towards spiritual maturity, they will keep you from being useless and unproductive in regard to the true knowledge and greater understanding of our Lord Jesus Christ. For whoever lacks these qualities is blind, short-sighted, closing his spiritual eyes to the truth, having become oblivious of the fact that he was cleansed from his old sins. Therefore, believers, 
be all the more diligent to make certain about his calling and choosing you. It says to make your election sure. Be sure that you, your behavior reflects and confirms your relationship with God. For by doing these things, actively developing these virtues, you will never stumble in your spiritual growth and you will live a life that leads others away from sin. For in this very way, entry into eternal kingdom of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ will be abundantly provided for you. Therefore, I will always be ready to remind you of these things, even though you already know them and are established in the truth, which is held firmly in your grasp. I think it's right as long as I am in this earthly tent to inspire you by reminding you, knowing that the laying aside of this earthly tent of mine is imminent as our Lord Jesus Christ has made clear to me. Moreover, I will diligently endeavor to see it that even after my departure, you will be able at all times to call these things to mind. So Paul helps us cap everything and he tells us that, it is because you have this power. It is because you have this faith. It is because you ha already have everything that you need. That is why you must now be diligent. So what we are praying for now, do you understand? We are not asking for, we are just being, we are being schooled and we are being told about what we already have. But now he's saying, these are the things that you need to contend for, to make your election sure, to prove you know, the worthiness of your calling, to prove that, God made the right choice in blessing you with these things. He said, you must seek after these virtues. There's another version of the scripture. Um, let me see if I can quickly get it. Um, Second Peter. I was reading from the Amplified, but I just want to close it here with um, the King James. Praise God. I hope you're still with me. Please stay with me. Um, Peter chapter one. Yes. He said, according to his divine power that is given to us all things that pertain unto life, all things that pertain unto life and godliness through the knowledge of him that has called us to glory and virtue. I will fast forward. And beside this, giving all diligence, add to your faith virtue and to your virtue knowledge and to knowledge temperance and to temperance patience and to patience godliness and to godliness brotherly kindness and to brotherly kindness charity. For if these things be in you and abound, they make you that ye shall neither be barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. For he that lacketh these things is blind. We keep praying that God give me eyes that see. God is saying this is what will give you eyes to see and cannot see afar off, and had forgotten that he was purged from his old sins. He says, wherefore, the rather, the brethren, give diligence to make your calling and election sure, for if you do these things, you shall never fail. For so an entrance shall be ministered unto you abundantly into the everlasting kingdom of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. He says that I will not be negligent to put you always in remembrance of these things. Um, The point I was trying to get to is that he said, if you keep in mind these things, it will prevent you from backsliding. Backsliding for a believer is different from that. There's backsliding in, on different levels. There's backsliding for the new believer that just gave his life to Christ. There's backsliding for the one that has already journeyed and known Christ and has worked with Christ, but now goes back to repeated patterns and repeated things and places that God has already delivered him from. I pray in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit that as we have heard these words, that the Spirit of God, the power of God, the dunamis of God, the exousia of God will provide the diligence that is required for us to chase after these virtues, to do what we must, to acquire these virtues, to add them to us to keep increasing in our knowledge of God in the mighty name of Jesus. I pray that for anybody that has been stuck or anybody that has been frustrated in their work with God, in their relationship with God, in their journey with God, and they feel like they have gotten to a place where they cannot they cannot um, um, pivot anymore or they cannot um, um, make any kind of movement anymore. I pray that as the entrance of this word comes into your life, you receive light. The light of God will show you where to go, how to go, how to navigate, what steps to take in the name of Jesus. The Lord will show you how to add to, to add these virtues to your life, how to add to your faith so that your faith will be ever increasing in the mighty name of Jesus. I pray over you that you will not become weary 
in going after the things, in going after, diligently pursuing after the Lord, going after the things that the Lord has mentioned in his word that are required for us to be able to tap into this power that he has given us. I pray that we will not lose heart, we will not lose faith, we will not lose strength, and we will not lose conviction in any way that the enemy may be trying to launch an attack to cause us to sabotage in our faith, in our beliefs, in our convictions. I pray that even before the enemy launches that attack, by reason of our following after the spirit, our eyes will see it and the spirit of God will prepare us and prevent any kind of harm or attack from coming to us in the mighty name of Jesus. No more shall we be Christians, believers that are walking without power, walking without clarity, walking without understanding. I thank you, Father, because you have brought your word this morning and you have brought deliverance and you have saved lives. We thank you, almighty Father. I even just pray right now over anyone that may be listening right now or those that will be tuning in later to hear these words. I pray for the person that is unsaved. I pray that the spirit of God will minister to your heart right now in the mighty name of Jesus. You will surrender your life to the knowledge of Christ Jesus. You will surrender your life to the, to the discipleship of Christ Jesus in the mighty name of Jesus. I pray over every family, over every business, over every home, over every institution that is being represented on this call. I pray that the life of God will flow through you in the mighty name of Jesus. Thank you, Father, for this light that we have received. We thank you because that which you have given us cannot be taken away from us and it will not be perverted by the enemy in the name of Jesus. We give you praise, O oh God, and we bless your holy name. Thank you, Almighty Father. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen and amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. Amen. 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 Thank you so much, Pastor Stephanie. Thank you. So much, Pastor. Okay, so before we go, um, we're having a prayer rally right now. Um, the prayer rally is going to hold from 12, from, what am I saying? It's holding now um, until 6 p.m. today. So we're going to be praying until 6 p.m. today when we're going to be breaking our fast, 6 p.m. West African time. So if you are able to please stay on the call, I'm taking the first one hour. So I'm just going to continue this call and I'm going to keep praying. It's the same link. So you don't need to, if at any point in time, you log in, we'll be here praying with you. Thank you for everyone that has joined us, those that have to go to work. At any point where you can log in, please just, you know, tune in. You'll meet someone praying with you. God bless you all. Have a fantastic day and um, let's keep praying. Thank you. Thank you.